Hey there, a quick reminder that All About Beer is back online. Visit allaboutbeer.com for news, reviews, and beer insight. And you can also follow along on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at All About Beer to keep up with us every step of the way. And if you want to help bring original journalism to the beer space, we have a Patreon that goes directly to writers, photographers, illustrators, and editors, starting at just $5 a month. And there's also a pro tier for all of you professional brewers and industry businesses out there. Visit patreon.com slash allaboutbeer to learn more. Welcome to Drink Beer, Think Beer, the podcast that gets to the bottom of every pint. I'm John Hall. And this week, it's a lively conversation about growth, proper bottles, consumer preferences, and more with Lindsay and Sean Johnson of Birds Fly South. But first up, we're able to bring you this show each week thanks to the companies that want to support journalism in the beer space. You can help us too. Learn more by emailing sponsor at beeredge.com. This episode is brought to you by Cigar City Brewing makers of Florida Man. It's a modern double IPA with a tropical expression from its blend of American hops, including Citra, Azaka, El Dorado, and Mandarina Bavarian. And it's balanced by delicate peach esters from a unique double IPA yeast and a dash of Canadian honey malt. Learn more about the hero of the Sunshine State by visiting CigarCityBrewing.com. Don't forget to visit BeerEdge.com to sign up for the newsletter, catch up with the Beer Edge podcast, and to check out our merch page, which is filled with This Week in Rauk Beer gear, as well as Defend Pilsner mugs. And the Craft Brewery Cookbook is on sale wherever you get your books. Packed with recipes and stories from some of the best breweries in the country, this cookbook has all of your beer and food pairing needs covered in fresh and inventive ways. It's published by Princeton Architectural Press, and get your copy today wherever books are sold. Birds Fly South calls itself a progressively old-school urban farmhouse brewery. It might sound like several contradictions until you start talking with Sean and Lindsay Johnson, the co-founders, and suddenly this Greenville, South Carolina brewery starts to make sense. The origin story might sound familiar. Sean was a beer fan who tried a lot of different styles and visited breweries during his time in the Coast Guard. At the time, they were stationed in Kodiak Island, Alaska, where early sunsets meant more time for hobbies. Lindsay got him a homebrew kit for Father's Day one year, and the rest, well, you know. They moved to Florida, and Sean started working with Bob Sylvester of St. Somewhere, and a deep appreciation for Cezanne and farmhouse sales flourished. A move to the D.C. area had Sean helping to open Fairwinds Brewing in Virginia, and at that point, the idea to have their own place had cemented and needed to become a reality. Birds Fly South opened in 2016. We'll talk about the brewing process and recipe development with Sean and the front of the house and the tap room with Lindsay, all while going deeper into what the brewery wants to be and how it plans to get there. Here's our conversation. Sean, you're saying you're managing the vision for the company. <laughs> what if the, what 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 has the last two years done to that? Oh yeah, no, I think that's why. Kind of uh, <laughs> as a team, as a team, we kind of realized that uh, coming out of uh, the last couple of years, we could easily lose ourselves or find ourselves, uh, you know, again burning from both ends, um, trying to get back on track, and um, so kind of elevated some uh, some other people on the production floor uh, to help take on some things and our 
sales sales guys kind of moving into more of a brand manager position for us and uh, allowed me to elevate a little bit and work on the business instead of in the business so much coming out of covid yeah and uh and yeah get us back kind of on track where we want to go kind of rechart the course stay within our stay within our, our core concepts and, and and push for the future i mean keeping with the nautical theme though i mean how how far off course did the pandemic push you uh, you know probably honestly we we were really really handled it well we were able to be agile enough to do a couple things during the pandemic the hand sanitizers um, things like that to kind of keep some people employed um use use some of the beer we had aging products to get distilled out to, to kind of get that going um and we were already poised unluckily we purchased a lot of cans going into it so we had an overstock of aluminum hanging out so once <laughs> the, once the door opened up we were kind of ready and one of the first kind of breweries in the state to kind of be ready to to hit the ground running with a lot of packaged beer because that obviously was king and still is still right now um so you know a couple 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 steps kind of worked in our favor and just kind of keeping our head above water and and kind of seeing it and being patient and waiting for the right opportunity to, to jump on it and that's i mean that's kind of how it worked out um and then i would say the only thing that really changed as far as our vision and stuff goes is we realized more the need for um distribution stability um and being, and being sustained outside this the walls um so getting more into larger box stores and placements that we probably wouldn't have been looking prior to uh, the COVID the shutdowns yeah you're trying to really maintain those understanding that you know that's that's how we'll keep the company kind of moving if anything was to happen or we have more kind of abnormalities happen to the tap room and uh and we went with that we had to adjust away from our our green bottle production for all our saisons that we did religiously for many years. And You're moving away from that. We did, yeah. Moved to cans, and uh, broke our heart to do it. Uh, but it's totally rebirthed and revitalized um, some of our brands and, and our and our wild side projects. I I, I want to talk about the tap room, and I want to, I, Lindsay. I want you to jump in here soon. But like, I, I the the green bottle thing. <sighs> How much of the appreciation of that, and and I know Bob Sylvester of Saint Somewhere is going to jump through the microphone and smack me any second for saying this, but but like how much of that is just the romanticism versus the reality these days of switching to cans? I I mean I I believe it I I think I, I believe in green um, I think uh, I I know I mean I know I know our saisons um, our and our wild you know, hoppy Brett beers and things. Do they mature, taste better mature. in green bottles? They do 100%. They mature so much better. Um, they hit full flavor, a rounded flavor profile that we like uh, to present um, way, way just just at a, at a better pace. And they come out just so much more poetic um, compared but, but, to what the cans are producing. But how difficult has it been in green bottles to try to convince the people like the younger drinkers or, you know, the, you know, the uninformed drinkers, I, I don't want to be too disparaging here who have come up in craft in the last 10 years who think that bottles are inferior and therefore cans are superior, which is like completely counterintuitive to, you know, the decade before that. 
um, how difficult to sell were green bottles? Oh, yeah, they are. They they are. I think we hit. So I grew up brewing with Bob. So that's part of my. Yeah, no, I, that's, that's, yeah, that's yeah. why I brought it up. Yeah. So part of my love comes from working with that dude. Um, but uh, I would say the bulk of my love does. But uh, yeah, I, it's the, the, uh, the, the, edu- the education piece was always kind of a battle. We were doing some new things just where we chose to kind of plant ourselves anyways. So I don't know if it was so much the green bottles or necessarily just open fermented saisons that we were finding ourselves always have an education piece when we first started out. Um, I think now that green bottles have gone away, we still package some and sell them only in our tap room. We have like solid fans of the green bottle that come in and buy new batches of rustic Sunday to complete and run their, their own personal sellers still to this day that we still maintain kind of just for our, our, our key fans of those styles of beers and the way we used to do them. So it, it, did, it did create a following. Is, is it a generational thing? Those sales? Yes. Yeah, without a doubt. Um, definitely more generational. Or find ourselves, um, if it's a, you know, demographically, if it's a younger individual that's coming in to buy those things, they have a little more experience with European beers or spend some time over there, perhaps with a job. They worked for BMW and lived over in Germany or Sweden or something for a while before they came here. Yeah, they had some experience with it. And they're they're more receptive to it. Right. They 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 understand and appreciate the green bottle as opposed to you know, others who just think, Oh, I don't want to buy a bottle of beer, I want cans. Yeah. Did- when you're in the tap room and, and, and talking with the folks who like are working in the tap room, um, Lindsay, um, you only have a few minutes, if that, to, to get points across, to, um, share decades worth of knowledge of beer to somebody who is, is just having a transaction with you. Um, can, can you work that in? Can you, can you extol the virtues of, green glass or I mean is, it's, is that it's, sort of like a waste of minutes I don't it's not a waste but it is really hard for us to because we try to do bottle service here at the tap room just to try to you know put them in more people's faces and for more people to realize what we're doing or you know what, what our history is but it's really difficult to get it across I don't know it's it's like this barrier of Either, you know, someone is coming in and they only want draft or it has to be like a special event for us to pour our green bottles and then they can understand, you know, so we do a, an event called Seller Sunday um, once a year and it was put on hold for COVID, but we're, we'll bring it back. But it's, um, it's just a more intimate way of educating people. So we'll, we do a ticketed event and they come in and we pour all we just we we go through our cellar and pour and pick you know just all kinds of green bottles that we want to you know showcase and then Sean talks about each one and so that's a better way to get it across to the customer rather than trying to do it in a short transaction at the bar. Yeah, yeah, we present verticals that way and and yeah, and and we also get the opportunity at that point to kind of explain that like hey, all the like the, any medals we've won for our wild program were green bottles. We've now won a couple of cans, but it's all green bottles and they were all about a year old. Um, 
they weren't super and, what, and when you're saying medals you, you mean like some of the the better known competitions yes yeah yep yeah they were green bottles and aged for a year pretty much every time we put in for gabf and things and it you know i think once people kind of understand that and that's what they want to seek is they want that award-winning whatever blended farmhouse beer or something um then they kind of understand a little bit like, all right, the green bottle had something to do with this and it's an aged process and these kinds of kind of models and thinking as opposed to just wanting draft and fresh, which to me, a can represents draft and fresh. I, I don't want to go down too many rabbit holes from the original rabbit hole. Um, do you find that after you enter a contest and you, if you medal, that there's a bounce afterwards? Uh, for us, no, because it's always in farmhouse beer. So is it more of just like a good feeling in like in house? Yeah, yeah, yeah it's, it's more of a pride thing for our brewers, and yeah, yeah, it, it helps with outside sales. I'll say that when we approach new accounts, um, it matters. Um, inside sales, you know, our regulars know what they're getting and what they kind of expect, and, and they they appreciate it. But definitely in house, it's definitely a pride thing. We, you know, the, the team really is rewarded um, filling those medals come through. And, and it, it's really, you think about, I mean, brewing beer and I mean, you can say this for anybody, Lindsay, myself and people in the office and everybody, it's, it's this, this job is, it sounds it could be very thankless. You're just putting your head down and you're just waiting for someone to recognize all the hard work you go and put into doing an event or making a beer or something. And sometimes that just doesn't come across publicly, you know? But when the awards come through, it's that kind of sense of validation that our our staff gets. And that's really the only reason why we do it, to be honest, John. Okay. To help help prove to them how much we think of them and how other people think of what they're doing too. Yeah. Have medals aside, competitions aside, was there ever a day at the brewery where you had an interaction that just buoyed you for I don't know? days or longer? I mean, yeah, I've certainly have had those moments. Um, you just come across someone who, I mean, we had someone recently and they were doing this whole brewery tour across the country and they made sure that Birdslide South was going to be their 100th brewery because they kept, you know, every, since they started on their whole craft beer journey, they've always heard about Birdslide South and they brought this huge group of people to celebrate this guy's 100th brewery um, in the in the country. So it was, you know, things like that. Like people are actually out there seeking us out, or you know, someone across the country could be talking about us, and then someone else hears about us. Things like that kind of blow me away because you know you just think, oh, it, we're just here in our little pocket of um, the upstate, but. Um, or when we get to pour our beer overseas, you know, at a European or a European event or something like that. Like I just, and the people we were able to meet over there and have our beer next to some of our idols. Um, but yeah, things, I mean, I come across people all the time that really, yeah, I, then it gives me a chance to look back on it all and, you know, appreciate what it is we're doing. And, um, and still be proud of the product that we're putting out. Who do you all look to as idols? Jester King, for sure. That's one. I've yeah. heard of them. Yeah. 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 
whatever. I, I remember when I was brewing with Bob and we did, this was um, nine years ago, maybe 10 years ago. Which is just about when Jeff Stuffings opened. Like, he's not that old. No, it's it wasn't that long after they opened up. They might have been a year, two years old, maybe their second year. And we brewed a beer at St. Somewhere with them. And um, it might have been a little later than that, actually, now I'm thinking about it. But, um, yeah, I just remember having a conversation with him and just my idol breweries and, and them being one of them culturally with the beer they were making, of course, continue to make and then uh, culturally just what they do as a company and how they treat their employees and just everything, the message they send out, everything's something we aspire to try to do or to help, to help that part of the, the world. If that makes sense. Um, Jolly pumpkin. Yep. Major fan of Jolly pumpkin. That was definitely a rock star moment for me to get that like, Spent a lot of quality time with Ron back in the day. Um, huge, yeah, huge. You know, American kind of farmhouse idols is kind of where our heads go right away for sure when you ask that question. Yeah. When you think about then, like those folks, if you take in Ron and Jeff and 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 Bob certainly, um, and you think about your brewery now and standing on their shoulders right because like you opened up after you, you did all this stuff with them um wh- where does the responsibility land for you both with the next generation who who look to you for guidance and inspiration and i don't know yeah yeah uh wow um that's a great question that's a great question that's pretty heavy uh that's why I'm here. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, that's one of those moments. Welcome to the Thunderdome. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, that's good. Um, yeah. You know, like, like Lindsay was talking about moments that you kind of appreciate things or whatever. And, and I'm kind of, uh, it's kind of hard sometimes for me because I'm a very heads down kind of person. And so um, not to say I don't appreciate things, but I'm, I'm very, um, goal focused and, and kind of keep the, keep, keep things moving. Um, so I don't ever really think of us being an inspiration to kind of get to that question. I do come across people that will say things and they'll notice things. And it's more along the lines of, uh, what we strive to be culturally, as far as, um, outreach programs or community efforts, um, um, you know, maintaining, our beer and our focus and our, you know, we, we are funk brewery first, although we, you know, we do have a substantial amount of clean beers going on now, but um, maintaining kind of our core focus and not trying to drive too far off into the trends of the deep waters of trend beers. Um, and so I take that kind of as maybe our inspiration is that um, we hope that standing on the shoulders of the people, so to say, um, we're continuing to, to elevate what beer is culturally, what beer is community wise, um, you know, on a regular basis. And that's what people kind of notice as they're enjoying our product and, and being around people. More in just a moment, but first thanks to Cigar City Brewing for sponsoring this episode. Have you met Florida Man? It's a double modern IPA with a tropical expression from its blend of American hops, including Citra, Azaka, Eldorado, and Mandarina Bavarian. And it's balanced by a delicate peach ester from a unique double IPA yeast and a dash of Canadian honey malt. 
Learn more about the hero of the Sunshine State by visiting CigarCityBrewing.com. And now, back to the conversation. I don't want to put you guys on the spot too much, uh, more than I already have. Um, remind me of the name of what it's it's special Sunday. It's session Sunday. It's oh, seller Sunday, seller Sunday. I'm so sorry. Okay. Uh, I should have written it down as you were saying it. Um, have you planned a 2022 date? We were just talking about it today. Um, when we had one of our meetings and we're, it's, it's always a better winter event because it's uh, small and intimate and we can hold it inside. And okay. um, so we're thinking maybe November, we'll put it back on the books and then maybe do another one. We usually do it in February, but that seems too long to wait. So yeah. we'll probably try to do one in the fall and okay. then another one in the, in February. And they always, they're always, um, they're always just so much fun. Cause we were talking to a small group, maybe 30, 40 people at the most. Oh, and, um, and we go through, I mean, that's, that's far more than the audience, uh, the listening audience of this podcast. So yeah, <laughs> that's fine. Yeah. <laughs> and then at the end of the event, we have them, um, Sean will tap one of our barrels and they'll, you know, can taste straight from a barrel, you know, everybody loves it. It's, it's I mean, a lot lucky of ducks. All right. Yeah. No, I, I, I didn't mean to put you on the spot, but I figure that there are people listening who are saying, well, yeah, I'll, I'll go and, and, and try to get in on this. So, um, yeah. Thank you. Follow follow your social media and your your website, and yes. I'm sure you guys will update as as, as you go. Um, Lindsay, how has the tap room changed in the last two years in terms of overall? I guess vibe is the word that I want to use. Like people who are coming in now that they can come in uh, again. Um, is there a difference between now and I don't know, 30 months ago? Yeah. I mean, hard to say. I mean, we luckily we've, we still have a lot of the same people and the same, you know, the same, uh, you know, we'll have, we, we attract lots of families because um, we have such a large space inside and outside. Um, so that hasn't really changed, but it feels a little more, feels a little more relaxed and chill, that kind of vibe rather than as before COVID, it was, it just, it was, I don't know. It was like, yeah. Yeah. I would, I would say before, before COVID, we were like three years old, you know, going into coming yeah. out of 19 and, um, we were still seeing, I mean, like hundred percent growth years and. It was just, it was non the, t- the tap room was, it was pretty deep, you know, three deep sometimes around the bar and just all hands on deck, like every weekend. And now it seems like Greenville itself has matured a little bit and the way people are going out is kind of a little different. So we're still seeing similar numbers come through, but it's more like, it's more paced. It's more manageable. Yeah. Does that make sense? <laughs> okay. Uh, which I think is just a testament to the way Greenville has changed, got some better greenway system happening now. So people are to kind of migrate around, bike and hit some other spots in town and then kind of finish here, um, that kind of stuff. Um, the so- Greenville craft beer community has also grown exponentially since 2019. So we have, I mean. Yeah, it's quite a bit now. Probably have doubled the breweries. So, yeah. Um, which is great. It's, you know, we, 
we do, I think we see, you know, at certain times of the year, we see more people coming in from, you know, just other parts of the region. And that's always nice. Um, like beer tourism. It can, it can be, yeah, it can be more of a destination for people from, you know, wherever, Florida, Alabama, yeah. Tennessee. So, yeah, but it does seem, uh, it does feel more manageable these days. You mentioned being family friendly. Um, are you tired of the should kids be allowed at a brewery conversation? Yeah, because I just feel like there's, <laughs> you know, every brewery is going to have their own kind of atmosphere. And the, the atmosphere that we have here at Birds is just, it's always been family friendly. We will always be family friendly here at this location, at least. Um, and we make, you know, like they're, they're a large part of our customer base. So there just wouldn't be any, I don't know. I, I can understand the atmosphere at certain places is not so conducive to bringing in small children. Yeah. But for us, we welcome it and um, people love it. So it, it's a two way street though, right? You, you have to be willing, but parents also have to like, not abuse the system. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And then that's why, you know, I can understand that some breweries or bars or whatever restaurants have chosen to yeah. um, do their own thing and say kids aren't really welcome here because there are parents that we have to speak to more than once about their child doing something inside the brewery that, you know, it's dangerous to them. And how, yeah. how many times is too many times to speak to a parent? Three. Okay. <laughs> so, so it's, ba- so it's baseball rules. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's like three strikes you're out. You're not you're not respecting us or our business, so it's going to be time for you to take it outside. That's okay. Thing, you know, luckily we have more people that are respectful than aren't. But um, yeah, we certainly have had our share of stories come through from the bartenders after a busy Saturday or something. That you know. normally this would be the time where where I would say, you know, what's the the most egregious story, but is there a wholesome story that's been relayed? Um, relating to kids. Yeah. Um, or families. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's hard to think of something right here on the spot, (laughs) but we do have a lot of great families that come through. Um, are there, is there a bad story? I mean, we've had kids, you know, crawling under. <laughs> Those are so much easier to answer. That's why I went the other way, where it's like, own, oh, tell me something yeah, nice about kids, yeah. and yeah. No, it's um, yeah, yeah, just a lot of like kids trying to crawl around equipment or barrels or something, and the parents are just like, oh yeah, he's fine, and you're saying to them, no, that's really not fine. We're kicking and, soccer uh, balls, and they're going <laughs> into the like fermenters, but they're hitting the sides, and you tell them like, hey, like you're. Kid isn't one. There's people around inside. Don't kick a soccer ball inside a space. And two, you know, they're like, "Well, it's a big tank. It's not going to bother it." I'm like, well, we also have open fermenting saisons back in there that a soccer ball would interfere with, you know, potentially. So, like, there's more to this, which you don't, which you don't see happening back there. Yeah. No. When you submit that beer, it's going to be hey, notes of Adidas. Yeah. 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 Um, it, it just amazes me sometimes with the kid thing. Is is like if you went to a restaurant with a family or a kid sitting down to eat dinner families and parents are pretty good about telling their kid like hey you need to calm down you know johnny whatever sit down yeah. sit down calm down but i mean poor, poor choice of names but yeah 
Yeah, 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 yeah right, right. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> A little flashback maybe for you there. Um, <laughs> no, I was always well behaved. I, I was at taverns growing up. Like it, it explains yeah. a lot about me. But yeah, it yeah. was yeah, it was it was be good or be gone. Was yeah, the yeah. 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 And it just seems like with the in the brewery world, especially for us, we don't offer food. We're just our own beer here. Um it just has a different kind of vibe when it comes to sometimes how people or what they allow their kids to do because they view it as a big barn with just yeah, beer. Like and it's a big okay. warehouse. Yeah. Interesting, but you know. I want to ask about the aesthetics of the place because it it's very much old world, new world. Um, but I I, I want to say that I read at some point about you guys uh, calling yourself like an urban farmhouse. And is, is it, did I get that right? Is that something that you've said? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. You said that. Yeah. And it's, it's sort of this conundrum of, and this sort of ties it back to the saisons of, you know, people talking about farmhouse sales and you think about wide fields and a red barn and an expanse of, of, of space and, 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 and all of that. Um, and then I remind people like Cantillon is in the middle of a city. Um, yes. Yeah. Is yeah. that, is that a hard thing for you guys to, to, to square that circle um, when you're introducing yourselves for the first time to people of saying farmhouse, but you're, you're, yeah. you're not. Yeah, yeah. No, it's 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 definitely one of those, you know, it's the it's one of the big questions right now, I think, for a lot of people is like, what is a farmhouse? And do you have to be a farm breed to be considered a farmhouse uh, producer? Um, it's tossed around a lot of different forms right now, for sure. Um, it does throw off people to some degree. I mean, originally, we're going to try to have chickens run out here and stuff like that. But <laughs> with dogs and stuff coming around, we're like, I don't know if we want to deal with whatever that's going to be some no, no, it's um, gruesome. It's gruesome. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I had a mutt growing up that that did not respect the chickens. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah we opted we opted away from that after we kind of thought, sat on it for about a minute. Um, but yeah, it, it is. It does kind of people are like, well, I don't quite get it because actually we're next to this rail yard, um, this cotton warehouse from Greenville's history, um, and so they you know they don't quite get it. But we decided to speak to the spirit of farmhouse brewery and sourcing sourcing local and the, the technique and style of, of uh, fermenting and mashing and our kind of our process on these beers and um, kind of use that as an education point to tie it in. And that we are in the middle of a city next to a rail yard. Yeah. I mean, so, ideally we yeah. would have acres of land and, and actually have a farm and be able to do it that way. And maybe one day we can, but you know. <laughs> Is that part of the larger vision? Yeah, we, we throw that around um, pretty often, you know, how, you know, how nice it would be to have, you know, land that we could, um, you know, as we think of growing and, um, you know, just being able to have more space and be able to have it just be us out there and um, to be able to do, you know, any kind of event we wanted to do or have animals. And, um, yeah, we consider it. Yeah, we toy we we toy with it. Not sure. We're now we're in the middle of another project, um, opening up a little restaurant pub on the other side of downtown. So we gotta get through that. That's oh. been that's been three years in motion or two years in motion. So it should be open in August, and then maybe we can start thinking about the next project. I guess. Yeah. The next can, 
Can you tell me about your vision for the restaurant? Yeah, it's a uh, it's Euro style. We're building an old pub. Um, it's going to be lagers, mainly lagers. We have three cask beers on at all times. Uh, the food is um, like Polish Czech food. So zapikankas and oh brats and things uh, like that. We're kind of calling like unpretentious bar food. Um, we're also kind of like a little bit of flair for um, kind of uh, European street food. So we're doing a lot of kind of currywurst with different like Southern cornbread batter for corn dogs, kind of, kind of melding kind of two type of bar foods together, but um, healthier side as well. We're, we're definitely going to have healthier options going on there. But yeah, that's, I mean, that's it. It's being, I'm, it's I'm so mad that I don't live closer. <laughs> <laughs> we're excited. Like we, we, yeah, we started going down the path in 2019 and then, Everything went to bed and rest. Yeah, and we opened it back up late last year, and yeah, we, we just got to wait on tanks. It's got we got a bunch of horizontal tanks going into it. So, so uh, you want to do it the right way? Yes. Yeah, I mean our motto is progressively old school. So everything we do is we try to be a throwback as possible, but with a kind of a new new angle on it, if possible. You know, make it make it approachable for the modern the modern person but have enough tie to the uh, the history of what we're trying to do has that become more difficult in recent years uh actually i think it's becoming easier i think people are starting okay. to appreciate more um like as far as beer goes definitely the the pendulum is swinging as far as trends go and you're you know i think we're all noticing the English style starting to pop through. I don't know how many days in a row I see a new uh, cask engine going into some brewery now. Um, lower ABV stuff. Loggers are definitely been popping off now for over a year or so, you know, solid. And so I think it's actually, you know, we, we have a bunch of, you know, people, we're only as successful as the people we have inside this company that we've been blessed to have for many years now. And um, they bring a lot of energy and a lot of great ideas that, we throw at the wall and I kind of help try to harness that stuff and we put things in motion and make it, make it birds and, and it works out pretty well. I think it's gotten a little easier. There has to be a willingness to listen to other ideas, right? I mean, if, if you two are co-owners and I, I imagine you spend a lot of time together and there's a, a very little removed from home life and work life. Um, when folks from the outside come in, does it take like a different part of your brain to be like, okay, like we're going to, we're going to hear this out. I think it comes pretty easy for both of us to, we collaborate well with our whole team and nice yeah, others. Um, and we really try to encourage them to speak up about ideas that they may have or a different way they might want to try to do something or, you know, on the production side, you know, the guys, you know, like, Hey, what do you think about making this type of beer or tweaking this to do that? Or, um, and then with our bar staff, we're always telling them like, please like come to us with ideas for events or come to us with feedback, um, how we can do things better for the bar or, you know, we're just, um, we're very open to that because we can't, we can't possibly have our fingers in every single facet of the business anymore like we used to. So yeah. we need them to, you know, feel empowered. Yeah. Empowerment. I, th I think that's a huge, huge phrase inside of our company is empowerment. 
I've always been kind of a proponent for that as we built statements and Lindsay, is, she's magical at bringing out good things out of people here. And, uh, you know, we, we have, like I said, tons of, tons of creatives and, and, you know, there's different types of personalities, but you have, you know, you have, you know, creators and you have doers kind of stuff and trying to find that balance inside of a company to help things get kind of kicked over the goal line. It's kind of really what we've kind of grown into as owners of this company is harnessing all the individual passions and stoking their fires uh, with fun things that we can come up with and, and do for the company and for them. And then them throwing ideas out, but then having confidence in us helping them carry over and seeing it actually come to fruition. And, and, you know, hopefully it's always a win-win for everybody when it's over. I like that. That's, I mean, it, it seems like you all are grounded in what you want the business to be and how you want it to move forward. Yeah, we've, we're trying. Yeah. <laughs> the past couple of years have been a little, you know, shaky, but um, we're trying to. Yeah, but for everybody. Yeah, yeah exactly. I'd, I'd say that's the, the the bonus for me out of coming out of the last couple of years is for me personally, I was definitely way into it, fingers and everything, and just really driving myself, my family, my wife insane with trying to do everything and keep everything moving and doing, doing and business and everything. And it, having that ability to slow down, focus on what's important, sit down and kind of reinvent the, the business plan, kind of re kind of address the team and, and kind of it, it was, I think it, that was the positive for, for me, for what I do inside the company now was out of COVID, it actually gave me a chance to breathe and be like, I don't have anything else to do today, but actually do all the things I said I was going to do for the company, for the vision, for the business plan, for everything we're trying to accomplish and really get down on paper instead of just always spin stuff out my mouth. I like hearing that. Um, on the show for, I don't know how long now, I've been asking folks, um, I've been setting it up with the premise that my wife and I uh, rewatch the good place. And this was a long time ago. So we're probably due for another rewatch, but uh, in the final season, there's this whole concept introduced of a green door and you can walk through a green door and be anywhere at any time in history um, with anybody that you want. And if such I don't know, door technology was around on this plane of existence and this conversation ended, and I'm going to ask each of you this question, um, and you could walk through a green door and be at any pub or any brewery with anybody that you wanted. Where would you go? Who would you be with? And what would you be drinking? Sean. Oh, me first. <laughs> uh, yeah. So for me, kind of where I probably, man, one person too. No, I mean, it can be multiple people. Like we had people who are like everybody that I've ever met all in one place. Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, it, this, this is your fantasy. This is your desire. Yeah. So I think I probably wind up somewhere in, in Europe. I don't know if it would be somewhere like, like Belgium somewhere, you know, farmhousey or something or if i would want to just literally be like in the bridges district in london and in a just great pub you know 
part of me goes back to my Coast Guard career and some good bars as well that I'd like to revisit and see if they're still around. But we'll go with that. Somewhere in Europe, I can't decide though if it's a, a good English pub with leather chairs, a fireplace in the corner, or if it's a, a place in Belgium, a, a farmhouse um, spot. Um, like an actual farmhouse. Like an actual farmhouse spot. Right. Yeah. With land. Yeah. With, with land. Yep. And kind of an unpretentious table. Part of me thinks about like, um, I'm trying to think of some other places that have been recently, but um, yeah, just a place with land, like a, you know, old stone house that serves beer. Like, okay. Often Dermal, when we went there, kind of how, what they're like, it's just their house. Pretty much you hang on their house and drink beer. Um, someplace like that. Um, and then who would I have with me? Um, I always like having beer with Bob. So Bob would be there. Um, but it was just so much fun to have around and drink beer with. <laughs> and, uh, so he'd be there. I probably think about Michael Jackson as in the, sure. the, beer, the beer guy. Yeah. No. Yep. And then, uh, Lindsay thought I was talking about the other <laughs> Michael Jackson. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, so beer connoisseur, you know, Michael Jackson would be there yeah. because I mean, I just want to just have him talk about beer as well. And then I'd probably, yeah, I'd probably have a third person there talk uh, more philosophically about stuff. And I'm going to go pop culture nowadays and probably go with someone like uh, Matthew McConaughey or something like that. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I feel like uh, I feel like something like that would be there to kind of bring in bring a nice little side note of, of stuff besides just beer talk. Uh, Lindsay, so you weren't invited to this party. Yeah, I guess yeah. not. <laughs> <laughs> Awkward. Awkward. I'm going to let you guys deal with that after we're done yeah, here. Yeah. Um, so, well, Lindsay, so we'll where are you going? Up. What are you she doing? And who are you? There is a lot. <laughs> uh, no, I would actually be. I'm, ju I'm um, just here to sow discord. That's yeah. that's basically my role. I would want to be in Europe as well, actually. But I know that I would want to be in a small, cozy, like it's winter outside. And we've all ducked into this little pub that we just found. And it's full of locals and people are singing and everybody's having a great time. And we're all course you know drinking as much as we possibly can but i would really only just want to be with my closest beer loving friends and family like every anyone who's like truly you know can truly appreciate you know the style of beer that we would be drinking over there or um just beer in general you know i just want to be with anyone who's you know, just my friends and Sean. I would want Sean there because that's very my, nice. He's my favorite beer drinking buddy. Oh, um, yeah. Sean feels really bad now. No, yeah. I, she's, she's like, <laughs> nope. No take backs. Yeah, take exactly. backs. I'm sorry, it's on we'll tape. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I um. We're we're on a farm. She's out petting the goats and the chickens. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> I'm getting drunk. Yeah, that's probably true. <laughs> um. That's nice, though. I like that. And you guys can fly to Europe together and then just take trains to different places. That's good. Yeah. yeah. I think about Europe a lot because we've only, well, we've been over there once together. And then I went when I was much younger to England. But I, um, 
I just, I think about it all the time. It's definitely, you know, I need to spend more time over there. I hope that happens as the world opens up again. Yeah. Um, <laughs> thanks to you both for taking time uh, to be on the show this weekend to uh, share a little bit of insight of what's happening in the tap room with bottles, with awards and everything else all in between. But really, thanks for thanks for making the time. Yeah. Thank you so much for having us. Yeah, John, I'm glad we can make it work, man. Appreciate the time. Thank you. Don't forget, All About Beer is back online. Go to allaboutbeer.com to catch up with great content. If you want to keep in touch with me, if you have questions, comments, you can email me at John Hall, that's J-O-H-N-H-O-L-L, at beeredge.com, or you can get with me on Twitter at John underscore Hall. Check out beeredge.com for our This Week in Rauk Beer and Defend Pilsner merch, and follow along on social media at The Beer Edge. And of course, This Week in Rauk Beer is also online. The Facebook group is easy to search. And on Twitter and Instagram, it's at TWRaukBeer. We're able to bring you this show each week thanks to the companies that want to support independent journalism in the beer space. If you'd like to learn more about our surprisingly affordable rates, please reach out to sponsor at BeerEdge.com. And speaking of that, this episode is brought to you by Cigar City Brewing, makers of Florida Man. It's a modern double IPA with a tropical expression from its blend of American hops, including Citra, Azaka, Eldorado, and Mandarina Bavarian. And it's balanced by delicate peach esters from a unique double IPA yeast and a dash of Canadian honey malt. Learn more about the hero of the Sunshine State by visiting CigarCityBrewing.com. Also be on the lookout for my new book. It's called The Craft Brewery Cookbook, and it's now on sale wherever you get your books. It's packed with recipes and stories from some of the best breweries in the country. And this cookbook has all of your beer and food pairing needs covered in fresh and inventive ways. It's published by Princeton Architectural Press. So get your copy today, wherever books are sold. A reminder to go check out the Beer Edge podcast with Andy Crouch. Steal This Beer has new episodes every Monday, and the BYO Nano podcast comes out on the 15th of every month. And please go visit allaboutbeer.com. As for this show, Nate Schweber does the music, Jeff Quinn designed our logo, and I'm John Hall. New episodes release every Wednesday, and that's when I'm going to be back again to drink beer and to think beer. <laughs>